So you're looking to buy a used toaster on Craigslist because you're some monster that likes your toast burnt. Well, is it worth risking your life? This is Darkness Prevails, the best place to share your scary true stories with the world because this world is a strange one. Craigslist is a great place to find good deals on used things. It's an even better place to find a tall Persian man to relieve himself on you, but that's a different story for another time. Tonight, I've got some allegedly true Craigslist scary stories. Before we begin, remember, you can always share your scary stories with me with the links in the description. I'm looking for monster sightings from Mexico and real dinosaur sightings as well. Also, check out morbidmonsters.com for some cheap shirts that support this channel. Thank you. Real quick, here are the first five interesting comments from my previous video. Torn Pickles has to do a number two. Combined with his profile pic, I'm honestly kind of scared. Parvis Gaming says, do you like chicken? Chicken soup is all I've been eating lately. I've got a swollen tonsil that's either infected or something else, and my meds aren't working. Now that's true horror. I hope it's not. Knuckles says, can you do scary stories from Finland? Yes, please. I went to school with the Finnish kid. For some reason, we made him our king. He was cool though, I guess. Cassandra Viscara says, this made my day because I'm sick. Well, we could both be in the same boat and enjoy some scary stories. And Demon Slayer says, so when doesn't the darkness prevail? <clears throat> Whenever there's light, there will always be the dark. Anyway, let's get on to these scary Craigslist encounters. Number one, Craigslist mishap submitted by Marvel Gal. This story was told to me by my friend Katie. Katie was on Craigslist looking for a new car. She heard a tap, tap, tapping on her window, but ignored it because it was supposed to rain later that night. She found a car she liked on Craigslist. I don't remember what kind, but it was going for 1400, which for her was a good deal and she replied saying that she was interested. The next day, she woke up and realized that the person who posted the ad responded, giving her his address. She replied with, I'll be right over, and then heard another tap tap on her window again. Of course, she ignored it, not exactly sure what it could be, but more excited to get the car. She took her mother's car to the address to check it out. It was maybe an hour away, which didn't bother her because she lived in the country at the time and she loved seeing the scenery. But this is where it gets chilling and weird. When she got to the address, she looked over and saw a rundown house. She got out of the vehicle and was greeted right away by the supposed advertiser. He said, the car's in the garage. He walked behind Katie and started to lightly nudge her towards the garage. She told me that at that point, alarms were going off, but she ignored them. He pushed a button that was in his hand that opened the garage. There she saw the car and just glanced over it. As she walked around the car, reviewing it in her mind, 
she was starting to feel relieved. It was in great condition, exactly how the pictures looked. As she approached the back of the car, she saw that the man was smiling more and more. Katie just assumed that he was happy that she was happy with the vehicle and ready to make a sale. But at the back of the car, on a table just behind it, there were a dozen different pictures, photographs laid out flat on the table surface, pictures of her through her window. As panic and chaos erupted inside of her, the man spoke. She runs great, got her a few months ago, but my buddy gave me his Jeep, so I don't need it anymore. Immediately, Katie didn't respond with words. Rather, she ran back to her mother's vehicle. This may have been what the tapping was, she thought. Someone outside taking pictures of her. As soon as she began moving, the man did as well. Luckily, she made it back to the car and locked the doors. Then she got out of there, called the cops and drove home. By then, she was crying, a complete mess of herself. After this experience, I think what freaks her out the most was the fact that the man knew her plans to buy a car, knew her enough to know what she wanted to make sure she would pick up the ad. How long had he been following her and how close had he come? Number two, Laptop and Stalker, submitted by C.S. Granad. I was going through Craigslist in search of a laptop or PC because I wanted to get my little sister a computer. I was somewhat broke though, so I planned on giving her mine, which was an awesome fast HP i7. I figured she'd use it more than me. While I was skimming through the Craigslist ads, I came across mini deals, laptops going for 200 bucks and looked pretty good to me. As I was scrolling down, something caught my eye. A laptop that looked to be brand new was going for $60. I was stumbling to get to my phone to dial the number when a few flags started to go off. Why was this new laptop so cheap? The ad said HP, but it was clearly a Dell laptop. Why did the ad say to meet late? And the house location seemed to be in a spaced out neighborhood almost rural. Despite the red flags going off in my head, I still made the call. I didn't want to pass up such a deal. A man picked up the line on the other end. He sounded like someone who's been smoking for decades. His voice was raspy and scratchy and made me want to scratch my own throat. He said his name was Tony. I told Tony we'd have to meet up outside a supermarket on Thursday at 8 p.m. latest. He reluctantly agreed to the conditions, though he did try to get his own way. Thursday arrives, and I'm waiting outside the supermarket. I look around and then at my watch. It's 7.56 p.m. and he still hasn't showed up. As I'm turning on the car to leave, I get a knock at my window. A man who looks to be in his late 40s introduces himself as Tony. First thing I noticed as I was rolling down my window was the overwhelming scent of beer, pee, and cigarettes coming from this man. As I'm stepping out of the car, I noticed Tony wasn't holding anything and a flag went off in my head. 
As soon as I noticed, I jumped right back in my car. Tony seemed to have caught on because he lunged right at my door. Luckily, I was quick enough to close the door, but my blood froze when I realized I forgot to close the window. Tony's hands entered through the window, but I quickly backed out, knocking my attacker over and allowing me to exit the premises. But sadly, that's not where this story ends. The following weeks, I've been waking up in the middle of the night because I see a shadow passing over my window. Fear and paranoia have caused me to lose sleep, which is very much needed as I'm in college. So I invited my friend to sleep over and to bring his dog to give extra protection from this shadowed figure. Around 12.15, the dog begins to growl at the door, which woke me and my friend up. When I checked to see who was on the other side, I nearly tripped over the dog. There, on the other side of my door, was Tony. My friend swung the door open, and the dog managed to keep the stalker from coming in. I called the police then and there, and in minutes they showed up to take the stalker away. I gave them the details of the Craigslist offer and his name and phone number. After answering their questions, they told me I'd be notified if anything happened. What was he planning to do? Why did he follow me home? Why was he stalking around outside my house for so long? About six months later, I've pretty much forgotten about it. But on October 24th of 2016, at 11.26 in the morning, I get a call from the police department Apparently, Tony had followed me home, which I thought was crazy because he was clearly on the floor when I left, but that wasn't all. While stalking around my home, Tony had taken pictures of me from my window. This terrified me most because the flashing was probably the reason I woke up and his shadow was just him leaving before I caught on. It's been a little over a year since the incident and I haven't been on websites like Craigslist or OfferUp because I've been shaken quite a bit from this experience. I never gave my sister my laptop and instead had to work longer to be able to buy her a new one. I hope whoever's reading or hearing this story learns from my naive mistake. Browse the web more cautiously because we don't know who's behind the other screen and we definitely shouldn't be too trusting because that can be dangerous. Have a safe day. Number three, Craigslist Creepy Bar Owner, submitted by Evan. I live in Houston, and four years ago, I attracted a creepy pedo through Craigslist. I have autism, and had just turned 20 and was posting resumes on Craigslist hoping to find some type of honest work. I posted a picture of myself to include it in hopes it would increase my chances of finding work. This was months before I got my first job at Walmart, so I was desperate. Eventually, I got called by a man who sounded like Mr. Rogers, except instead of kind, he seemed creepy and effeminate. He said he saw my resume on Craigslist and was willing to give me some work. He told me he owns a bar and is a lonely man. 
I thought maybe he was willing to give me a gig at his bar, possibly as a ragtag bouncer or a dishwasher. He said he was a gay man and asked if I was okay with being friends with him. Then he wanted to meet up with me. I asked him what kind of work I would be doing and he said, well, none really. I'd like to pay you to spend time with me. He got around to asking if I had a girlfriend or a partner. Then I ranted about how I'd been rejected by every girl until then. The way he talked, he said he would help me out with the ladies. It got more creepy though when he complimented my picture, talked about how nice looking I was, said that he wouldn't have rejected me, that he could please me more than any woman. Eventually, I hung up and didn't know exactly what to think. He called from an anonymous number after that and tried the same talk with me, but he sounded angry and excited at the same time. Before I could hang up and tell him to stop calling me, he told me things like he knows what I look like now, that he could find me, that he could prove himself to me, and that I didn't know how pleasurable another man could be unless it was forced on me. I quickly just hung up. About a week later, he called a third time from an unknown number, but this time around, I did not answer, and it was starting to really peeve me off. I was getting called when I was trying to sleep by some weirdo. The way this gay pedo creep was hitting on me I wasn't picking up on it, not until he got feistier toward the end. I haven't been back on Craigslist since because I don't really crave another interaction like that one. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Number four, Beneath the Lake and Behind the Truth, submitted by Camry. 
My family has always bought and sold items on Craigslist for as long as I can remember. Since I was little, I always found that the whole dealing with a stranger in the middle of nowhere deal was the unsafest thing you could possibly do, but cheap stuff, right? Well, a few years back, my family was in search of a bed frame for cheap. With little to no luck, my mom began to search Craigslist and found one. It seemed to be in decent condition, so she messaged the seller. He seemed off even by his messages. He wanted to meet at his own home in the middle of nowhere. My mother felt this was unsafe. In her gut feeling, she knew she could not meet up with this man. She declined his offer, even though he went down on the price to coax her into coming. Soon after the fact, an older couple from a few cities away went missing. They had gone on a road trip to purchase something they found on Craigslist in a small Georgia town, the same one my mother almost went to to meet the man with the bed frame. The couple's bodies and car were found in a lake near the man's address, weeks after they went missing. The man was found and arrested. Nonetheless, it's unnerving to think that this seller and murderer was the same man that tried to coax my mom into coming to his house in the woods. This stranger off Craigslist could have made me a motherless child. I have not been on that site to search for things since, but if you have to meet to purchase something, make sure it's always in a public place with witnesses and you always follow your gut feeling. And number five, sold, submitted by Ferdinand. I'm a 44-year-old guy living in Georgia. I live alone. My wife died six years ago. She was taken from me by throat cancer, and ever since, I lived a quiet life in our rural home, living around six or seven miles from the city, so not too far away, I guess. I had worker's comp from an injury in my leg, and it forces me to walk around on a cane. So I stay at home, passing the time tending to a large garden on my land. It's more of a crop, really. There's corn, carrots, potatoes, cabbage, everything you'd need to keep yourself fed out there. Most of the time, though, if you stopped by my house, you would see me riding my tractor. This brings me to the reason I'm writing this story. You see, I was in need of a new tractor, and I had decided, somewhat haphazardly, to sell my current tractor outright before the harvest drew too close. Then I'd use the cash for a down payment on a newer model. The plan sounded foolproof. Only thing I needed was a buyer. Now, I'd used Craigslist before. I once sold an old El Camino when my wife was still around. It was something my dad had left me before he went, but it was beyond repair for someone who didn't have the time for it, because back then, I still worked my more than full-time job. Anyway, I posted this ad on Craigslist. It read, used John Deere must sell quickly, $1,500 cash. It didn't take long to start receiving calls from potential buyers. Got a dozen of them in one day, but only the last one was good. The others were asking for things like, if I could do a payment plan on my tractor, 
or if they could pay with only a third of the cash. I wasn't no used equipment dealer, and I wasn't a charity. That tractor was in good condition, just didn't have the power I needed it for. It was the last call that I accepted, a guy in his 20s from the sound of it. He said he was really into working with the land, that he needed a working tractor to brush hog a plot of overgrowth on his land. He even said that he had the cash ready today. Sweet, I thought. I invited him over that evening. When the time came, just before the sun was beginning to set, I waited for him. I was on my front porch, rocking in one of my wooden rocking chairs, waiting for someone's vehicle to pull in. But the next thing I know, everything goes black. When I wake up, my front door has been beaten down and my head is bleeding. Then I hear the scraping coming from inside the house, the bashing, the throwing, things falling and hitting the floors and walls and breaking. Then out comes a younger man. He's carrying my wife's old jewelry box, eyeing a set of pearls in his hand and smiling something wicked. He's walking out of the front door when he notices that I'm coming too. The pain is tremendous, but not just in my head, in my injured leg. In fact, that hurts way more, much, much more. Stay down, old man. I don't want to have to hit you again, he says to me. He carries the memories of my wife, my love, into the woods behind the house, presumably where he had snuck up on me, left me there on the porch alone. I stayed on the ground for nearly 30 minutes. Finally, I tried to stand up, but I screamed. My head was starting to clear, but, but my leg felt as if it was going to explode or fall off. Slowly, I pulled up my pant leg. I needed to take a look. Everything below my kneecap was swollen. My leg looked like a blimp and every slight touch on the skin felt like a thousand needles drilling into me. Blood dripped from my head and onto the wood of the porch. I needed to call the ambulance, the police, someone right away. I began to search my pocket. That's where I always kept my phone, but it was gone. That man had taken it, probably so I wouldn't call the authorities. That man didn't care. If I died from my injuries, he was ready to murder, and I didn't have a landline. This meant I needed to get to my truck and find a way to get into town. You see, I was basically a hermit. I traveled to town only for food every other week, food I couldn't get from my garden. No one knew me anymore, and no one ever saw me, except for when I needed some flour or olive oil. Basically, without neighbors or friends or family or coworkers expecting me, if I didn't find a way out of there, I would never be discovered. I would even perish on my own land. I was dizzy, but I began to pull myself down the splintery steps to my truck. It was in the dirt gravel driveway just in front of my shed, only 25 yards away from the porch. I gritted my teeth through the pain and kept going. 
It was easier when I was on the ground. The dirt, soil, and grass were far softer than that treacherous wood. Now, I do need to say this. Throughout my time alone here, tending to my land, I began to notice that we got a lot of coyotes out there. I've lived in rural areas in different places before, but I can tell you now, I've never seen coyotes like these. They were always so brave here, coming as close as my front porch sometimes, and only jumping when you shot at them. You would have to either aim at them or the ground next to them to scare them enough to run away. Not to mention, these coyotes always looked incredibly thin, like sickly thin. I'd always wondered why, but assumed there wasn't much in the way of wild game out there for them to hunt. Never saw much deer on the roads or in the woods. That's why I didn't hunt out there. So they probably just raided people's dumpsters and trash cans, and maybe even their pets and livestock for the food they needed. They were a pain, a desperate pain. So when I saw one only five yards away from me, in front of me, between me and my truck, my heart nearly stopped. Usually, I'd roll my eyes and try to shoo them away or hit them if they got too close. But now, I was on the ground. The smell of blood was surely wafting from my head. It stared at me, and I saw it lick its chops. Go on, I said in pain. Get, get out of here. But of course, the coyote didn't budge. It instead took a step closer to me. I pulled myself forward toward it, confident that I could scare it away from me if something of my size got too close to it too fast. Besides, I had no time to waste. Every movement I made, it needed to be toward the truck. It jumped as I pulled my body suddenly, but then it began to circle me, sizing me up and down. It didn't care about looking into my eyes anymore. That told me it knew I wasn't able to defend myself, so it didn't need to worry about me. And then it lunged. It gripped onto my swollen leg. Let me tell you, I've never in my life felt pain that bad. It was so intense, it made me see stars and black splotches in my vision. If it hadn't been for my rage and fear, I would have passed clean out. Instead, I threw my fists at it, trying to hit it away. I landed a good blow on the side of its head, causing it to yelp and run off. I sighed, tried to gather my breath, the stinging bite mark subsiding in pain slowly. I would have smiled if it hadn't been for them. There were three more of them, standing at the edge of the woods, they were all staring at me. That was the moment I knew I was going to die. I pulled myself up, as dragging myself was far too slow. The pain was terrible. I pulled my good leg up onto my knee, slobbering in pain and literally screaming at the air in front of me. I crawled like an injured three-legged animal. I made it to my truck fast enough and I hopped inside. But suddenly, probably from the sudden rise into the vehicle, 
I passed out. When I woke up, it looked to be morning outside, probably around 10 in the morning. I had been passed out for around 15 hours. I'm lucky I didn't go into a coma. I saw a man's face outside the truck window and I panicked, thinking he had come back for me to make sure that I couldn't say anything to the authorities. But as I panicked, I saw that it wasn't the same man, but I was still very afraid. I heard him trying to say hello, trying to ask me if I was all right, but I could barely hear him through the glass. I couldn't even speak though. I was so disoriented. Soon I saw the flashing lights and I was carried out of the truck by first responders. The guy who had found me had been one of the fellows who called before. I'd explained where I lived during that conversation because I had misunderstood what he was offering. I thought he had the full thing in cash, but he didn't. Though he still came by that morning to see if he could check out the tractor. That's when he found me in my truck because luckily it didn't have tinted windows. By that small miracle and misunderstanding, I was saved. Otherwise, I believed I would have passed away right there in my own truck seat. My leg swelling up was due to a buildup of fluids in my body, most likely caused from my sudden fall when I was knocked out. I had fallen face first onto the ground from my rocking chair and landed funnily onto my leg, the bad one. I'm all better now, still using a cane to get around as usual, and I even managed to sell my tractor, and I got the new one that I wanted. But the feeling of safety I used to have in my home, it's gone. This act of violence was completely random. This man didn't know what I had in my house. He wouldn't have known if I had any jewelry or anything like that. It was just random, and he hasn't been caught if that makes it any scarier. If you live in Georgia and you frequently browse Craigslist, keep your eye out because someone might answer your ad. He might say he has the cash, but all he wants is to come to your home, steal your belongings and leave you for dead. As with any website offering absolutely no protection between buyers and sellers, both of whom have to meet in person, you need to be cautious. The way Craigslist is designed, it's almost the perfect hunting grounds, a buffet, if you will, for predators, psychos, and burglars. For people who can see what you have, find out where you live, and take it. It might be your wife's old jewelry. It might be the car you're trying to sell. But sometimes it could just be you. Someone might take a liking to the way your skin looks, the way it feels, and maybe, just maybe, they'll want a taste after getting such a tease. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. Also, Check out morbidmonsters.com for some awesome merchandise that supports this channel. Everything's under $20. If you've got a story, 
you can share it with me using the links in the description. As always, thank you for listening. Stay safe out there and stay creepy. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.